Phillips. How are you, my friend? I am very well. Long time no speak, mate. Long time no speak. How was the Christmas and New Year's break for you, all right? I mean, I spent most of the time horizontal watching the darts, so what's not to like? <laughs> well, great final last night, wasn't it? It was brilliant. I'm a bit gutted for the lad, uh, uh, Michael Smith. I really thought he was going to win it. and uh, Yeah, disappointed for him, but yeah, fantastic match. He was great all the way through, to be fair. Quarters all the way to the final, I thought, were excellent darts. Yeah, so did I. I enjoyed the darts quarters all the way through. I didn't really watch it before the quarters, but once I got onto the quarters, I started watching it, and the, yeah, it was superb. Um, that guy, what's his name? Uh, Re- Re- Calix Reard or Reards or something like that? Um, oh, yeah, Cullen, Cullen Rids. Yeah, he's Cullen Rids. Yeah, Newcastle. Um, yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? He was yeah. off the scale from early doors. Yeah, incredible uh, for a young. Uh, he's a, a young guy to watch, I think. And um, yeah, Michael Smith. Oh yeah, I was also gutted for him. Matt. I, I, he was so good in the semi final, knocking out Gerwin Price, wasn't he? I, I just thought uh, when he gets into that rhythm, when he starts throwing those trebles, and he just and he's thrown so quick, and he's just so smooth. I, I just thought, wow. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I thought this guy's going to be very hard to beat, but fair juice to Peter Wright. He. He was excellent. And um, yeah, last couple of it, legs was just what can you do? I feel like Smith's confidence went, but when Wright's doing it in 140s every single uh, set of three against the throws, you're going to struggle, aren't you? You are going to struggle. And, and, and yeah, Peter Wright is he's, he's no, uh, as I say, he's no mug. So uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I felt desperately sorry for Mike Smith. Uh, 200,000 pound check for second isn't bad, though, is it? So, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, uh, they're still a bit south of our friends, the golfers, but, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, half a million for first, 200,000 quid for seconds, not, not bad. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll get there. He just had it, yeah, he had a bit of a bit of a rough sort of patch towards the end and sort of, yeah, just lost it a little bit. But, um, no, it was, it was outstanding. And, uh, I myself have been pretty horizontal through, as you like yourself, through Christmas and New Year's watching, uh, you know, uh, football, um, backing slow racehorses, and um, uh, yeah, and just uh, you know, just hanging out, enjoying it. It's been it's been a great break, and um, uh, we're back to the uh, back to the golf now. So um, into twenty twenty two. So uh, yeah, so thanks for coming along, um, and thanks for the listeners to, um, to as I say to come along and have another listen to season two of Man in the Stand with Star Sports and uh, and my uh, partner in crime Matt Matt, Matt Phillips F O R E underscore Bet if you want to follow Matt and his, his tweets throughout the year. Um, we had a good year last year as our first season of Man in the Stand, and we and we lobbed in a fair few winners and placings. And uh, you know, if it wasn't me doing it, it was Matt, and uh, we were um, yeah, I think we did pretty pretty well. So um, as I say, I, I Matt's a very just to introduce anyone to the show who hasn't heard it before. Matt tends to come at it from a more statistical and analytical kind of point of view, as I come to tend to come at it from a more kind of sort of gut feeling and sort of what I see and look for a bit of long odds value so hopefully between the two of us um any new listeners can sort of maybe pick out a few uh you know a, a few winners and uh and get a bit of profit for golf god knows i need it matt because um um i am uh, i love racehorses but as the old editors go they do not love me so um yeah, yeah i could I uh, I'm in the, uh, the same boat as you there i think i, I love a punt on the race and I, I feel i probably enjoy it more than betting on the golf 
but I've learned the hard way. I am not good at it. So I, I rely on <laughs> information from, from people a bit more learned than I, but even then I'm struggling to break even. So yeah, yeah I, I, I'm the same. At least with the golf, it takes me a bit longer to lose my money, you know, <laughs> you get um, a weekend's worth and, uh, you know, so, uh, but no, it's been, as I say, we had a good year last year. And, uh, and uh, so let's, um, let's turn our attention to, for the, to the first uh, tournament of 2022, uh, which is the Century Tournament of Champions at uh, Kapalua uh, Resort in, on the uh, island of Maui in Hawaii. Uh, this looks like paradise. This I, the, 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 the next week is one of my favourite tournaments of the year at the um, Sony Open at Wailei in Honolulu, but this is, um, this is pretty nice too, uh, and, uh, and it's a lovely course. I'm just going to go over um, some of the stats of the course so that um, you know we can sort of reacquaint ourselves i guess with the uh with with the layouts it's a big one it's seven and a half thousand yards par 73 there are three par threes 11 par fours and four par fives uh, bermuda greens uh, the architect is bill core and ben crenshaw uh, it was originally um uh, their original designers and there was a 2019 renovation um it's a uh, the comp courses in terms of uh, maybe courses to to compare, I, I take these with a grain of salt half the time, but anyway, I'll read them out. Um, Augusta National, uh, Nine Bridges, Port Royal, Congaree, and Caves Valley. Recent winners of this event uh, were Harris English uh, last year, Justin Thomas in 2020 and 2017, Xander Schofle in 2019, Dustin Johnson in 2018 and 2013, and other past tournament champion winners in this field, uh, Jordan Spieth in 2016 and Patrick Reed in 2015. So this is the plantation course at Kapalua, um, is a, uh, a bomber's paradise in terms of one of the longest um, on, on tour at 7,500 yards. Uh, and it is a limited field event. So only winners from the PGA Tour uh, in 2021 can uh, qualify, well, sorry, from the previous season because it's a bit of a wraparound, so there's a bit of an overlap there. But only winners from the 2021 season can actually play at this event. So it's, it's only tournament winners and it's a limited field, no cut event. So it's a good, uh, it's a good event to, to kick things off because a, it's a quality field, uh, full of winners from last year. Um, you know, fighting out the, uh, you know, the beginning, you know, of twenty twenty two, and b, a no cut event. So even if your your pick gets off to a bit of a scratchy start, you you have a you have a way in of, of getting back possibly into a place over the over the three or four days. So, um, Matt. Uh, give me your impressions of this tournament in the past. What have you? What, how, how have you gone here in the past, and what do you think of this tournament itself? I mean, I love it. It kind of the Hawaii swing always tears you in, doesn't it? From the bleak midwinter um, yeah. side of the world, and it just I love watching this tournament. It's always on a bit later for for the UK um, watcher, but I always really enjoy it. It's one of those that. I forever remember just waking up extremely tired the Monday morning after because I've stayed up till stupid o'clock um, following it. Um, yeah. I just really enjoy it. It's really the launch of the, the golf season, especially this year after a very much an extended hiatus. I've not really had a proper golf bet in probably three months. So so yeah. raring to go for it. And is that a course I really like? Um, it's an interesting course, I think. It's, it is. You're absolutely right. It's 7,600 yards almost, isn't it? A par 73, which is 
fairly rare on the PGA Tour. Um, it's got an extra par five. But despite it being a really long golf course, I found it quite interesting looking into some stats. And actually, you get an awful lot of short shots here, especially approaching the greens. And that's due to some really short par fours, despite the length, and also some really quite long par fives. So I, I read a stat. I think it was about there's about 50% more shots between 50 and 100 yards than the average on the PGA Tour. So despite its length, I've actually looked quite far into the more more nuance uh, a golf start and about those really close, those feel approaches because there isn't a player in the field who's going to be playing a full shot with most of the wedges in hand. So it's about those players who can, one, um, approach the elevation changes in the right way. So I think course experience is important in that sense because it's very rare. Um, I think there's only been a couple of times where, in, where a first-timer has won here. So experience seems to work and people who play well here play well here all of the time. Um, so I'm going to approach it with that regard. Um, there has been instances um, in the past where the winds really affected the tournament. I don't think that's forecast or it didn't um, on my last wind finder check. So we're likely to get a really, really low score, I'd imagine. Um, it was 25 last year, 25 under Harris English won it at. Um, so we are looking to go low. And I mean, I've had some success in the past. I have a really an enjoyable memory of I think Xander started five back a couple of years ago. Um, mm. It was one of the years I went to bed having given up on it and thought, you know what, it's probably not worth it. And he ended up winning in a playoff from uh, Gary Woodland. So some nice nice um, memories of, of Kapalua and one I'm definitely looking forward um, to betting at, but also one that you're going to have to take punts on just because of the place in the calendar. You don't know what they've done for the last month or so. Obviously, we saw the Elite 18 or, or however, however many Tiger Woods invited to Albany um, at the Bahamas in the Hero World Challenge. But even that's a bit of a hit and giggle for a free payday, isn't it? So it's a form to take with a pinch of salt. I know there are some trends around playing quite well in swing seasons so should set you up well. Have is this is a tournament of champions and the vast majority of the field just don't play that much in swing season. We haven't seen much of some of them since the Ryder Cup, um, really. So it is going to be taking a punt on a few golfers, basically around their skill set and around some course experience. But I think one of the reasons I enjoy this tournament is it can give you some immediate pointers to next week and the season beyond. So it's a, it's a small stakes-ish week for me. Um, a bit of a, an information gathering exercise um, to set up definitely my bets for the Sony and then to set up the, the start of the PGA season, really. Yeah, I agree with your sentiment about it being a kind of a small stakes week and just a bit of a look-see. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's like any sort of season that starts for any sort of team or sport or, or, or even horse racing analogy, you know, uh, you, you, you don't know what they're going to be like out of the traps um, for, the, for the first, you know, for the first event because you simply don't know what they've done. Uh, you know, some guys might have just been, as we've been, pretty horizontal for the last, you know, three or four weeks, as a lot of people are over Christmas and New Year's. Uh, and then I read on the, on the sort of wires that... Justin Thomas got over the, to this part of the world early last week or this week and shot a, a 61 at a neighbouring course. So um, now that's uh, no frame of reference on that, what that course is like compared, compared to this or what have you. But the fact that he came over early and has, has gone out and shot a 61 on what I would say was probably a pretty similar kind of golf course, maybe not as long, but you know, we'll probably have the same sort of conditions I thought was, was enlightening um, for the fact that, you know, uh, he's obviously pretty charged up and ready to get going. So, uh, some will be like that and some will you know will have grabbed their clubs out of the garage and and and, and jumped the flight to, to Hawaii and sort of started warming up probably in the last couple of days so yeah it, it is going to be uh, a little bit of a 
a little bit of a look see. Um, I also really love this event, like you. I, I enjoy it. I think it's it's great to look at. It's a good, you know, sitting in the, as you say the doom and gloom of of midwinter in the UK and the Ireland, and then look and watching you know the Pacific Ocean and the in Hawaii is pretty pretty lovely. Um, and as I say, there's some great golfers on show, and you get as you quite rightly say as well. There's some really good pointers to perhaps how maybe some people are heading for the beginning of the season. Um, Xander Schofley, as you say, likes it round here, and and uh, and uh, and Justin Thomas likes it round here. Jordan Spieth, you know, so so there is you know the um, the usual suspects um, at the top of the market, and uh, and their prices, you know, is accordingly um, that as well. So without any further ado, let's um, have a look at who we actually like. Um, I'm going to give you the floor as you're my guest. So um, work away, Matt. Tell us who you like and why. Sure. The first selections for 2022. Tell us who you like at the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua in Maui and why. Yep. So uh, my bets this week are they're not going to be a stranger to anyone who, who's followed the podcast for a little while. They're two of my my favourite golfers. Um, and the first one is uh, Mr. Jordan Spieth. Um, his number for me stood out an absolute mile at the prices earlier in the week. I thought He's been pushed out to a price that he would never have been when he was in the midst of his really good spell of form. I think they've probably lengthened him um, for a, a little bit of scratchy form in the swing season, but we can we can more than um, forgive him that. Um, when I was going through my stats models and things, I went to the, the PGA Tour stats for the last full season we had um, of approaches in under 100 yards, and um, so 100 yards and in with those little field shots, those little flip wedges, um, and Spieth was, was third in this field, um, only beaten by Max Homer and, and Sam Burns. And I just think for me, Spieth is the, the complete epitome of a field golfer. Um, we know how creative he is just from his, his great escapes, if you will, in the past from all sorts of different positions. So I yeah. think the, he's the perfect golfer to, to use his imagination around a course that has huge elevation changes. It's got all sorts of lies. You're going to have hanging lies all over the place. It's not going to be um, that simple, almost golf by numbers approach you're going to have to be inventive and I think he's the perfect golfer for that I think when you combine it with his his course form he hasn't played it in a while because he's had he had his bit of a his demons didn't he and he had a bad patch for a while but in his four appearances or latest appearances here um he's come ninth third first and second which I think speaks for itself um on top of the fact that he has won at a remarkably low score in the past um I think it's like 27 under um he won and I think it is going to need a really low score um, to win here, given the fact there's not going to be much wind. Um, I also think the fact the fairways here are absolutely huge will help. Um, I think even I'd managed to hit a couple of them, perhaps. Yeah. Um, they're 100-odd yards wide in places, so we know Jordan Spieth often loses himself the opportunity to win a tournament through really, really wild driving of the golf ball, and he's just not going to lose the ball here. He's going to be able to keep it in play and let his scoring clubs do the talking, um, which I think is really important. Um and also, I was doing a bit more reading around the, the putting side of it and the quotes from people who have won here in the past, because I believe 14 out of the last 16 winners here have been fourth or better in putting average, which was a stat that surprised me in the first instance, because JT's a multiple winner here. He's involved in those stats. Um, however, he JT is not a good putter. So I looked a bit deeper into some quotes. Um, from past winners here, people have played well here in DJ, Zach Johnson, Spieth himself. 
and they all talk about about huge breaks in these greens. They're quite hard to two put, um, but also that they have a strange grainy quality, um, quite similar um, to what there there is at Augusta sometimes, or at least that was the comparison that a couple of them made in their in their transcripts from interviews. And we just we know how well Jordan Spieth plays at Augusta. We know how well he he puts at places that he puts well at. And I think once he gets going, he can easily string enough scoring puts in um, to play really well here and to win here. So I think at the prices, he's by far the best bet for me. Um, it, and what price did you get him at? So I took him at twenty twos. Um, actually, this right. morning I put the bet on. He's about twenty to one now. I still yep. think that's probably the standout bet um, in the field for me. Um, okay. So yeah, like Jordan Spieth here, and it's not going to help if the wind does blow. Jordan Spieth is a good player in the wind too, so that wouldn't worry me. Uh, not okay. at all, really. Um, he's also excellent at scrambling. There's a couple of times where players have got in real bother here when they don't hit greens. Um, and I mean, second in this field in scrambling, he's not going to be worried. Um, there is the the slight consideration that he had an absolute stinker in Albany um, when he was obviously invited at the behest of Tiger to the Hero World um, Challenge. But I think it tells a story that he hit off the wrong tee box along with Henrik Stenson in the Bahamas. Yeah. I think if it was a serious event, one he actually wanted to win, there's no way he hits from a wrong tee box. It kind of speaks to the maybe the mindset that he went to the Bahamas with. It's a free payday, isn't it? You're not going to turn it down, but equally, perhaps he wasn't taking it as seriously as you'd like. Um, mm. Maybe add in the nappy factor. It's his first Christmas as a parent. Um, perhaps that's, that'll galvanise him even more and make him really ready to, to succeed this season. Um, I'm not really a believer in such things, but um, it's happened plenty of times in the past, hasn't it? Um, players mm. have children and win um, a couple of starts later. So Jordan Spieth, best bet of the week for me um, at 2022s. Um, there's also the second bet is pretty much a regurgitation of the same stats and the same metrics, Craig, if I'm honest. Um, it is a much shorter price than I'd like to put up on a podcast as a tip, but actually he's about he's over 25% better value or better on the odds board um, than Justin Thomas. And I was sorely tempted to put up Thomas, but I refuse single digit figures um, at this point in the season. But Colin Morikawa for me at 11 to 1 is the best iron player in the world. I think that's that's pretty much. Um, irrefutable at this point. Um, mm. His iron figures are great. He's going to have lots and lots of wedges in his hand. And I don't think there's anyone else I'd rather hit a wedge for me than Colin Morikawa. Um, he should be able to keep it in play off the tee. The tee doesn't mean that much for me here. A little bit of length over accuracy. Um, but, I mean, that is what it is. He's played it twice before. Um, he's come seventh both times. I think you could argue he's really established himself on the PGA Tour properly as an elite elite golfer since the last time he played. Um, so I think he should, uh, to quote a horse racing term, come on for the run. Um, and it is one of those weird places for putting. So I'm kind of hoping a little bit like um, Concession when he won at the start of or near the start of last year that the, the greens being a little bit strange might actually help him and bring him back to the the median, if you will, um, rather than just the, the greens that they play every week. Because we know when he holds puts, he often wins. So at a bit of a shorter price, I'm happy to back uh, Colin Morikawa as I'm sticking to two bets for this week. Um, I do have a third bet, um, but it's a bit of a prop bet and it's on one of the golfers you're actually going to put up, Craig. So I won't steal your thunder. I'll let you talk me through it first and then I'll just add on um, the bet that I'm having on, on one of yours. <laughs> I just want to touch on Colin Murakawa for a second. How good was... Did you see him at the Dubai World Tour Championship at the end of the year? I, I watched bits of it. I didn't watch an awful lot. I've had a bit of a turn-off from golf, but, I mean, he, he was remarkable, wasn't he, based on, on the leaderboards? Oh, 
I watched uh, that. Uh, I don't generally watch a lot of European tour golf because uh, I can only. I tend to try and stick to one tour. Uh, I can't really take in both. But I thought I'll, I'll just watch. Um, you know, I'll watch this DP World Tour Championship at the end of the season, and you know, and see. You know, because obviously there was. You know, Rory was there, and Patrick Reed, and and Colin, and and a whole lot. You know, a few others, and man, Colin Morikawa, when he is in the zone, that guy is a freak of nature. Uh, he he just um, you know he he closed in on that field on 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 the final round. Uh, he didn't really look like he was any anywhere kind of near the conversation halfway through the you know the first two rounds. He was kind of midfield and he wasn't really doing much and uh, stuttering a bit. And then he just caught fire on Sunday and just tore the the course apart. And when that guy is in the mood, as we saw at the British Open, as we saw multiple times last year. This kid is something else, uh, and um, uh, so yeah, I I I don't think that you know that's a bad look at all um, from Orikawa because as as we say, um, if it's all about lines, this course, as you said to me, um, then the fairways, the width, you can land a plane on half these runways, and I'm not talking a, a Cessna, I'm talking a bloody jumbo jet. These these greens, I mean, these fairways are enormous, and so. That's with that risk taken out, uh, everyone can just bomb away. And you know, while Morikawa is not the longest off the tees, he is by far and away one of the best iron players in the world. He's shown that time and time again last year. And so, uh, I think you're right. He um, he is someone to really watch out for this year. Um, I mean, that's 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 such an obvious thing to say. But my God, um, I, I don't know where the ceiling is on Colin Morikawa now. Uh, and um, it's not. Yeah. Um, it's hardly going to be a big ask given where he is in the the world ranking at the minute. And I know we're going to talk ones to watch later, but I am relatively certain we will sit here at this time next year and Colin Morikawa will be world number one by a little bit of a margin. Um, I yeah. think it's that good. Um, yeah. yeah, I think his ceiling is anything, and if he can just haul a few putts, he can have a really, really, really excellent season. It's funny with his putting, isn't it? Because when he's when he's off, he's he's like when he's. Off when he's cold, he's freezing, and and when he's hot, he's he's pouring them in from everywhere, uh, and there doesn't seem to be anywhere in between with them, does there? <laughs> yeah, you know? but I mean, there, there really doesn't. But I think even on his bad weeks, you look at his where he's finished and his his results, and he can be losing three, four, five strokes put in and still finish T five. Like it's, it's yeah, just off the scale how consistent his irons are. Yeah, yeah, no, he is um, incredible with his irons, uh, and um, yep, he, I agree with you. I think we could be, he could be latching another couple of majors possibly under his belt this year, and and uh, and, and, and well, de- definitely one or two tournaments, and uh, definitely world number one is right within his capabilities, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't as well. Okay, um, so I'm going to give you mine. I've only got three this week, like you. Um, uh, I've only got you know two or three that I've just. I'm going to start out the year speaking off. Speaking off. I'm going to start with Tony Finau. Um, I've got Tony Finau with Star Sports at 25 to 1. Tony, I think, uh, got that monkey off his back this year when he uh, when he won at the Northern Trust. I think that was fantastic for Tony Finau. I think it will give him a massive amount of um, lift and confidence. Uh, not that he didn't. We all knew that Tony could golf. Um, it was obviously, you know, round the greens was, was where his Achilles heel tended to be. He's done a lot of work with Brad Faxon on that. And you can actually see that, I think, in the last, uh, I think in the second half of 2021, his, his putting, just seemed to get a lot better uh, and, and he seemed to he, he 
those nervy four or five footers that he was missing regularly, he was tending to drain a bit more. And I think he'll build on that. Uh, I, I think that this course will suit him. He's You can open those big shoulders of his. He can drive it a country mile. He's always been pretty straight, Tony, so, uh, you know, that's not an issue. Um, yes, still, the issue is going to be, you know, with his putting, but I just think uh, if the winds do kick up, um, this guy's you know he's got he's got the game to to get it to the greens and and uh, and make those par fives, um, you know, birdieable or you know or eagle sort of opportunities. So at twenty five to one, I just like Tony Fiena at the start of the season to to come out here and sort of put a stamp on it um, and and sort of kick on from from where he's been last year and. Um, yeah, I just, I just think, why not? Um, you know, just for a little speck on Tony Fina, I thought that was nice money. My second uh, look is at Jason Kokrat at twenty-eight to one with uh, Star Sport. I think Jason Kokrat is someone who's really shaken those shackles off now. He, you know, he spent years on tour. I think it was ten years without a PGA Tour win, um, and then, um, and, and it's like a, you know the old bus analogy um you know he waits for years for one and now what is he now three three pga tour wins um and he won the qb shootout with kevin Na uh, uh at the end of the season uh which which he they, they came from off the pack um on the final day they were they were trailing by uh, by quite some uh, not quite some way but they were they had to do some work to win that and they came from off the pace to win um, obviously it helped having Kevin Nah, but Jason Kokrat was no passenger in that duo in fact he was really strong in the back nine and uh, he looked right up for it and his game is is strong uh, he's you know we all know he's a big ball hitter I, I think that Jason Kokrat is believes now he can you know not only be in this company but can go on and win more and more and uh He's a good putter. Uh, he's a bit sketchy, as we know, uh, as you, you backed him to a, to a win last year, and uh, he gave you a bit of a heart attack around some of the bunkers and what have you. He can be a little bit um, scratchy. I think it was the shell. Was it the Shelton <laughs> Open, um, Jason? Uh, Matt? Um, I don't, I, well, I think it was. I can't I remember. It was the Houston Open, yeah. It was yeah he was at the start of the round, wasn't it? And he left it in the bunker about three times. Yeah, yeah. So he can, he can be a little bit suspect um, with, uh, with maybe perhaps with uh, with his with his iron, uh, with a sandwich. But uh, apart from that, his, his short lines are actually pretty good. He's that for a big man. He's got very nice hands, and uh, and I think he's a very gifted player, Jason Kokrak, and I I think he could come out. He once again, we just don't know because I don't know what he's been doing. So. Uh, I'm, this is a bit of a speculator at 28 to one. I'm going to give him a, a bit of a look, see, um, because he's finished last year strongly, and uh, and and I think he might he might start out and get out of the traps again um, short, strongly in 2022, and it's a course that I think could suit him. And uh, finally, my my really one for the wider exotics, as they say, my speculator is for Cam Davis, the young Australian. He's at a hundred to one with Star Sport. I'm going to put a little little nudge on Cam Davis. He won for me at a hundred and what was he a hundred and ten to one? He won for me at the Rocket Mortgages Classic uh, in Detroit this year, last year in 2021. So I have a bit of a you know, a bit of an allegiance to him, but I actually believe in this guy. I, I think he's one of the rising young talents of the game. He's a big, tall drink of water. This guy's a young, sort of willowy sort of guy. Looks like an Australian fast bowler more than a more than a golfer in some ways. But um, he's he's got a lovely swing, great temperament. Um, He's a young guy still, you know, this is a this will be by far and away the most elite field he's ever played in. But he deserves to be here because he won last year and he won well. And he, he he he's he knocked on the door a few times last year as well. You know, this is no fluke that he's in this field. He's a bit 
he's no problem with the length of of the tee. This guy can bomb it as long as far as you know uh, some of the longest hitters in the game. He's three hundred yards plus, no problem. Um, the the issue with him is that he can spray it a little bit, but that's no issue here because, as you said, uh, even me, I, I could I could get it on the fairways here, and that's saying something. So he's, I think, this guy uh, is is one to watch for the year, and because it's a no cut event and it's a limited field, um, you know, you you can search out your bookies and find, you know, uh, you know, you you know, I think uh, some of them are paying up to six places, you know. 100 to 1, six places in a limited man field. Yeah, I'll take that for Cameron Davis because I think, you know, if he gets away to a good start, you never know your luck. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a speculator, but I'm, I, I, I think this course is going to be gentle uh, for him as well because uh, if he is a little bit off the, off the pace with his woods in terms of direction, it's not going to hurt him too much. And he does have a good long iron game. He's a very good long iron game, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Cam Davis and at 100 to 1, I think that's a good look. So those are my three uh, for the, for the, uh, for the, um, for the tournament, and I think between the two of us, uh, that that should you know, if hopefully you know that that resonates. Uh, maybe there's a bit in there that might resonate with some of the listeners. I just want to now switch to the uh, to the actual year itself, Matt, and going forward. Um, I know it's very early in the year, and we need to have a look at some tournaments, and we need to kind of um, you know, it tends to be that you, I, I certainly am like this, uh, that I will tend to look at. At golfers in running, so to speak, and and as they go through the tournaments, and if they're trending into some form, that's how I tend to pick my golfers. So you know, I, I'm gonna you know gonna be looking at that very hard over the first three or four weeks. But ahead of that, um, who are the golfers that you particularly are going to be looking out for this year that maybe flew under the radar a little bit last year, or you might be thinking building to some form, or you think might be some good value for some of the bigger events this year? Is there you know any players that really you want to just um, flag up to the listeners and say keep an eye out for this person? Yeah, there's a couple. Before I get onto them, just to to add to one of your picks, Cam Davis. I've also had a bet on him this week, uh, um, just for a top ten. I think a lot of what you said resonated with me. Um, just to add a couple of stats to that to back it up. Um, yeah. On the whole PGA Tour last year, he was 20th, I think, um, in birdie average. So he scores well. This is a birdie event, right? And mm. I think that's going to stand him in good stead. He can be a bit wild off the tee, but I think what what attracted me to Cam Davis this week is kind of that intangible, that once he gets going, he's an incredibly streaky player. Mm. That's exactly the kind of thing you're going to need around somewhere like that. And mm. it is his first appearance at the course. So, I mean... He's he's 125 to one shot, right? You have to take that as mm. as it is. But I think he, he is scoring well enough to get it. And actually, when you look at those um, the stats around 100 yards and in those flip wedges, he's going to have. Um, he's actually sixth in this field in those sort of short approaches. So he's he's long off the tee and he's excellent with a wedge in his hand. I think he has a recipe to go well here. Um, do I think he can win? I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think mm. I've got 13 to two about a top 10, which with 40 men in the field, slightly less than. I think is is worth a chunk, even if you don't want to back him outright. But yeah, I agree with Cam Davis. I think he has a chance this week. Mm, oh, that's a good look, uh, Matt. A, a top ten finish as well. Yeah, and and that's something as well to the listeners. To you know, obviously these these picks will you know you can pick them maybe uh, you know uh, by nationality, by top you know by top tens, by top you know will they um, you know will they first round leaders and you know obviously there's tons of ways to um, to to uh, to make your selections uh, and fa- obviously there's fantasy selections as well. You maybe you know if you're looking for a cheap golfer and you you've got a salary cap and you've picked all your high guys and you you only have 
have a little bit of money left, and maybe Cam Davis is one to throw into your fantasy team. But um, yeah, I, I, I think um, uh, you know, I think those are good points as well uh, in regarding Cam. And um, yeah, let's have a look at him. I mean, there's another Aussie in there, Cam Smith, which a lot of people are tipping out for this for this particular event. I mean, he won at Maui, um, which is the week after. Uh, when did he win there? Last was it last year? Um, he, he, what, what, beginning yeah, of 2021. Kevin was it the year before? I think. I think uh, it was okay, yeah, it was it 2020? Yeah. yeah, yes, it was 2020. You're right. I beg your pardon. So, he, you know, I, I actually I actually had him that year at, 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 um, at the Sony. So he, you know, so he's also um, someone to, you know, to, to look at here. And Aussie's been running well uh, at last year. I think he, he's climbing the world rankings and he's someone to, to keep an eye on. So, but anyway, Matt, um, back to your, back to your um, yeah. players to look out for for 2022. Yeah, I'm going to go with a couple and then, I mean, I'll talk about two more. Um, one is one of your best mates and I think he's really going to establish him uh, himself this season. Um, but I've got a couple of Corn Ferry graduates that I've, I've got my eye on and I'm fascinated to see um, what sort of prices they're going to go off when it gets into to proper PGA season, if they get the places in those events, that is. Because um, they've played a bit in swing season, um, the first of which is Hayden Buckley. Um, Hayden Buckley has played five events on the PGA Tour this year. He's had two top tens, which for a Corn Ferry graduate, I think isn't bad going at all. Mm. He's already shown that he's he can get onto that top page of the leaderboard. I think he's come T4 and T8. I, I can't remember exactly what the events are. I've not scribbled them down. Um, and he's kind of, uh, he's, he's the sort of golfer that is the sort of golfer that I back. So maybe I'm kind of being my own worst enemy in a sense. But he's a very accurate driver of the golf ball. Um, he's got greens in regulation stats for days, even this season in the swing season. I think he's top 20 in strokes gained approach, which is bound to turn my head. Um, he is an average putter at best, I'm afraid. Um, but what I like is that he, he showed excellent stats on the Corn Ferry Tour. They don't do stats quite in the same way as the PGA, so it's harder to follow them. But I think he was he was fourth in total driving on the Corn Ferry last year and third in ball striking, which does have a bit of stat crossover. But I think those stats speak for themselves, right? In a very strong Corn Ferry um, set of players, I think, last year. And that's already started to translate to, to PGA. As I say, he's top 20 in strokes gained approach um, just south of there, just in Thomas. So um, I think he's very much in with a shout. And he's won. Um, he won on the form tour. Um, a couple of years back, he's won on the, the Corn Ferry already, won the, the Lecom Suncoast Classic, I think, um, last year. And he's already shown he's got the ability to mix it at the top. So I'm fascinated to see what sort of price they put at. Um, I'd love to see some three figures on him this year because I think he could go really well. And I wouldn't I, I wouldn't put it past him to, to get a win on his debut season. Um, and another one kind of in the same boat. Um, it's Chad Ramey. So another one that you've had sort of some different prices for in the swing season. I'd be interested to see whereabouts they put him um, compared to kind of the PGA journeyman, right? The ones that I played for a while, never really win. Um, he's also won on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. But something I noticed about Ramey when I was um, dipping my feet in Corn Ferry betting last year, he had a spell of about 20 weeks, something silly, where he was just stacking up top fives, top tens, pretty much every week i think in that 20 weeks he was i don't think he was out the top 20 more than once or twice um he barely misses a cut and i think that's just the the sort of consistency given the standard of the corn ferry tour these days you have to be a very very good golfer um to be able to do that and we know where mm. quite a low scoring tour they set him up often quite easy resort style but the pga tour isn't without those sorts of courses so if you get to a 
an Amex or something, something that's gonna gonna really require someone to go low, get hit lots and lots and lots of birdies, give himself opportunities. I really like Chad Ramey, um, and he's played quite well in this in a few appearances um, in the swing season as well. So definitely want to keep an eye, and I'll be as I say, I'll be really interested to see what sort of prices they're like, and um, once we start to get to kind of the events after farmers, if you will, sort of the ones that aren't the elite events, they're just not going to get starts in those, but the sort of events where where they're looking like a proper PGA field to see if we can get some juicy numbers on either of them. Yeah, and if there's anything that we've become aware of and, and seen now, which is you know that these guys come ready. Uh, the, 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 you know, um, look at your, you know, your Morikawa's, your Matt, your, your Matt Wolf's. Your, there's there's a handful of these guys that come ready and willing, and and are not are not phased by uh, you know by taking their chance if they can get it. And if they, and so if they, as you say, you know, you, there's a couple of names for for golfers uh, for punters that just a note down there even. If in running you see guys like uh, the guys that Matt have mentioned here, and uh, perhaps you know they're, they're they're around the top of the leaderboard or the first page on on Saturday or beginning of Sunday in running, and there's still a price, might be nice to lob a lazy tenner on one of them and uh, and just see how they go uh, because um, you know these guys that they, they are ready to win. Uh, they 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 they're not on the PGA Tour uh, for for the for the um, for the experience, they're there to win. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that, that those are those are two good names and, and uh, definitely ones to keep an eye out for, as, as you say, tournament to, to tournament or even in running. Um, me, I, I have mine are, are not so much corn fairy players. I do I have I've noticed a couple of them, but I don't really know enough about them to sort of nail my colours to them as such. Uh, I'm going to go for a couple of other guys who I think are just. Who I'm just kind of noticing, a, 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 I think, a, uh, I think could do some some damage this year. Uh, uh, one of them is the first guy is um, Robert McIntyre, the Scotsman. I I think this guy is. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, how he played at Augusta the, last year at the Masters. I, I think this guy is a real gritty sort of. He's a real old school kind of golfer, Robert McIntyre. He's he's not sexy, but my god, he can play, and and he's got that kind of mental toughness and fortitude that makes you think that this guy, um, if he gets into position uh, at, at a price, uh, uh, he could be great value for a, for a, for a big win. And and so I'm I'm really interested in in, in how Robert Robert McIntyre goes this year. I think um, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for him. And uh, and and the other player uh, for me is um, it, it's this Mito Pereira or Pereira uh, from Colombia. Now he is a, a corn fairy uh, to a graduate, and he has uh, he has some couple of wins on I think behind him, or he's done some very he's had some very good performances. I, I think he's got a bit of an X factor about him. He's He's a bit all over the shop. I've noticed. Uh, I, I backed him a couple of times late last year, just to give him a, uh, just because I, I was impressed by what he'd done. Uh, and he's, you know, threw onto the PGA Tour now, and he, and he kind of disappointed me. But I'm, I'm not kind of done with him yet. I think, uh, I, I just think that he's got a bit of an X factor about him, uh, uh, young South American. And I think uh, he, he's someone to just once again, if he's in running, and he's, uh, he's one of these. None of these smaller tournaments, as as Matt said, these some of these young guys are probably not likely to get into the um to the elite um, every elite tournament, but but they could 
um, you know, come up at a price at, at one of the um, sort of lesser tournaments. And I think um, this uh, Mito Pereira is uh, the Colombian has, has got a bit of something about him and, and someone to look out for. Yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot to get a battlefield promotion these days on the on the Con Ferry, doesn't he? he won three times, I think. I know it was a longer season, um, yeah. but I mean, to win three times on that sort of tour. Um, I played well at the Olympics too, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so there's uh, two from each of us that are um, ones to just uh, maybe just keep an eye out for. But yeah, um, I have one more for you, Craig. Okay, yep, log um, it in, mate. This one's kind of the the other end of the spectrum. Um, is someone who I I just think is going to break through as an elite golfer this year. Um, to, before I, I kind of name him, if you just look at his stats from from last year, the first first full season, um, he's in the top. He's fourteenth strokes gained off the tee. He's in the top fifty in approach play and the top fifty in putting. He's got such a consistent game, um, and he had three second places last year. And I think it really could have been a breakthrough season, but kind of never was. Um, but in that, I think he was beaten by Ram in one event. English beat him um, in the other. Um, all players who had really good finishes, and it's Joaquin Neiman. Um, I, I just think he's he's going to break through to that next level. Um, it's yeah, he's very he's, consistent, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing some really good golf, and I think he's just been unlucky not to win more. Um, I was having a look at the driving stats earlier on, just to, out of interest. I saw something on Twitter and went into the driving stats. And when you look at the the elite of the game, they're all prodigious off the tee. Um, and Neiman is only going to get longer as he gets stronger. He's getting to that age now. Um, and he's almost maturing as a golfer. He's someone who um, I had my first bet on as an amateur in the Masters when he played it, um, God knows how many years ago now, and I've kind of followed him since. And he's he's really grown as a golfer, and he's he used to be a, a really terrible putter. He's now improved that, and he's he's gaining consistency as he grows. Um, and I'm even going to tell you what event he's going to win, if you like. Um, Go on. I think he will win at Quail Hollow this year if he starts in that field. Um, if that you happens, go, folks. I am the Messiah and I'll retire from golf betting. Um, <laughs> however, um, yeah, I, I really think he might he might win at Quail Hollow. If he's somewhere like that, um, he's got a good chance next week if he plays to be at Sony. He's played well there before. But there you go, Quail Hollow, Wacken Neiman, and he'll finish the work, finish the year in the top 10 in the world. Are you going to lump it on, on anti-post for him at Quail Hollow? I, if I can find a price, I highly doubt. They only offer this far away, I think, like past winners to win again and stuff like that. Right. Um, it might be worth a request of that. Um, but, I mean, I'll probably wait and see if he starts soon and try and get on a nice early price. Hopefully he doesn't do much till then. Eh? But I, it will be someone that you will hear me say his name again and again this season, I think. Um, he's one who I think has fallen off the radar a little bit, despite having actually a, a, a pretty excellent season last year. Like, say, three seconds. Yeah. In, on another day, you have a put drop, something falls your way. Um, you win those events, don't you? Because he wasn't beaten by much in any of those events. Um, yeah. yeah. But because of that, and because of the the emergence of your Morikawas and your Wolf and your Hovland more recently, I know they're all elite, elite golfers, but there's kind of been not much said about Neiman, which hopefully will translate into getting a, a 10 points longer on the prices they put out for him. You mentioned, uh, uh, yeah, I agree with all of those sentiments about uh, Neiman. I, I, he is a massively consistent golfer and he always seems to be there or thereabouts on the front of the pay on the on the first or second page of the leaderboard. He it was with monotonous consistency. So I agree with you. Uh it, it, that's a good shout. And uh yeah the quail hollow. Uh, I, I I think um why not? I you said another name there, uh, and that was um Victor Hovland. 
I think that guy is going to have a big year. I think that guy has turned a big corner. Uh, he, he was he was good. He was good beforehand, but my God, uh, I, I, I he he finished the year so strong, and I I just think Victor Hovland is going to have a bit of a breakout year in in, in twenty twenty two. And the only reason I kind of didn't flag him up was because it's kind of it's it's not obvious, but I think he's he is a really really uh, good shout for. One of the one of the majors. I I'm not sure which. I'm not sure if Augusta quite suits him, but uh, but I'm I I would not rule out Hovland from anything this year. I think he could have a big big year. I absolutely uh, agree. With you know, yeah, I think he's excellent. The problem is with Hovland, the bookies have already caught up with him. Yeah, that's right. That's me. right. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the. I was I was listening to another podcast and we're at work this morning. They made the comparison. Actually, it makes a good point. He's kind of like Ricky, but good at golf. Like, yeah, he's going to be that good, but he's kind of the media darling because of all the promo stuff that he did with like the PGA Tour on their media feed and stuff. The bookies have already got a hold of him, and I don't yes. know what price he is this week. I barely looked at him just because he's like the same price as well Bryson, Morikawa, Xander. He's already at that level where. I mean, he's probably right, right? They're, they're probably just looking out for themselves because I think he is going to have an excellent year. But at the same time, if you see him at a major at the same price as Morikawa, pretty much, who are you going to back? It's hard to go for Hovland in that sense, I think. But, I mean, he might prove me wrong and be absolutely, um, yeah, have an illustrious season. But I think he'll be excellent. I just think he's not going to be any value when he does it. I agree with you, mate. That's the thing that, you know, I'm looking for, we're looking for people there on, on this sort of, sort of, you know, who to look out for in 2022. We're looking for value. We're looking for a price. And unfortunately, as you say, and you alluded to, the the bookies have kind of sucked all the value out of um, Victor Hovland now because everyone knows um, how good he is. So that's, um, that's that. One more person. I just want, I saw this, I read this today uh, on one of the golf things I was reading and I thought, wow, I knew he'd, come good but i didn't quite realize he'd come that good uh do you know that inside of inside of a year sam burns has moved from outside of the top 50 in the world to number 10 in the world yeah he is <laughs> i'll tell you a story about sam burns i if i wasn't being just obstinate i would have backed him this week because his stats are incredible yeah. I just it sticks in the throat to back him at the price that he is, but yeah, he yeah. sticks out of every stats metric, and I it's hard to disagree with, isn't it? Like he's yeah. just played excellent, excellent golf. But you and me remember when he couldn't buy a win when we backed yeah. him at all sorts of Genesis a bit, when he threw then, away the win when he threw away the win at the Genesis and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. It's hard, but I think the more he plays like this, the more people are, we're just going to have to accept he's really good at golf now. I oh, mean, yeah. anyone as long yeah. as him off the tee and who puts as well as him, I mean, he's going to win tournaments, isn't he? Um, well, look, I just um, can't get that perception of him as a bit of a bottle around my head, which is probably going to be to my own detriment, maybe. Yeah, I would definitely think I would try, if I was you, I would try and challenge that and move that perception out of your head because I think he's gone past that now I think he's gone past the bottler stage he, he was he was really really good like I flagged him up earlier in the year uh, when we first started this podcast in 2021 saying this is a guy I really like and he um and he was he had all the talent in the world but he could throw drive an absolute mile um but he was really really streaky and and he would have what three good rounds and one awful round or or something in his game wasn't working or blah 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 and then he got his win this year and then he 
uh, did he? He went very close another couple, the week or two after, uh, and he was right up the top of the FedEx, um, uh, you know, lead, uh, cup leaderboard standings as well. So he turned something. He matured somewhere in, in the middle of twenty twenty two. He 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 grew up and he got really. He put all of the tools together of you know about how everyone could see how good he was, but he was just a little not quite ready. And then he put it all together in his head mentally and physically and just started winning and, and placing. And I don't think he's done yet, Matt. I, I, I think that guy is not a bottler anymore and, and he can putt. He can really putt. So, uh, yeah, Sam Burns is someone um, that I would I would keep a very close eye out on, especially in running at majors and things like that, because I still think there's a bit of value in his price. I think the he hasn't the bookies haven't sucked the value out of him yet, so I I, I do think keep an eye on Sam Burns uh, because that guy is hellishly talented. Yeah, for sure, he's he's going play well this season. Um, I, I may give a special mention to your mate Cam Smith as well. Um, he's another who I think the bookies are pretty much getting hold of. Yeah, in looking at my stats again, like I do before a tournament, his irons have been outrageous lately. I know yeah. he's not played a great deal, um, and I know he has the 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 odd mental lapse, um, like we yeah. saw um, not so long ago. But he's another one who, I mean, you know how hard I battled with him a little bit because I just couldn't get round to liking him as a golfer. Yeah, but he's one who has got past the point where Burns wasn't actually. He's just really good at golf. Um, yeah, I think he's he's going to do really well this season and establish himself um, in the top ten in the world. His irons are better than ever. We know he's a magician around the greens, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just he, he's impressed me, and I think I didn't realize how much he'd impressed me till I did a bit of a stats dive um, yesterday and had a real look at, at what people are doing well. So I mean, he's no sort of price. He's about twenty fives for this, I think. Um, but yeah, one to watch through the season, especially if he has a little dip in form because he's not. Um, he doesn't mind coming from Norway with a couple of good performances. No, I know. I looked. I, I looked at him with a bit of an eye to the Masters, and uh, his price is terrible at the Masters. It's like he's, what's he about twenty five to one or something. He's um like he's no value at all. Do you know what it is, Craig? There's not many good Aussies at the minute, and I think the world is keen to get on board. When an Australian golfer is good, often you don't see much juice in their price. Um, yeah. Obviously, there was, there's not many who are right up there at the minute, is there? I think last one just no, not, no, not falling yeah. away a little bit. So I think he's, he's a bit of a victim of that. Um, yeah, he's but, become a bit of a rock star with the old mullet and the whole thing as well. And, uh, you know, uh, he is, you know, he, he and he can golf. I mean, the guy is, you know, he's he's no flash in the pan. The guy can golf and, and he's and he's putting it together and he's he's only still young. He's, he'll be on tour for years and he'll notch up, you know, he'll notch up or win every season, I would think, um, or, or close to it. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think Cam Smith is definitely someone to keep an eye on. It's, it, I think that's what very good point you made there. If he is even off the pace a little bit on the on a Thursday or Friday, um, say sorry, sorry, on the end of a Friday, but he's not that far. If he's you know if he's not too far back, um, and he's maybe gets a you know, but you can see he's golfing quite well. Um, he's someone to just maybe keep an eye on running because that, there are certain golfers, as we've alluded to in the past on this podcast, that. You know, who can just who can just start rolling in birdie after birdie after birdie and 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 make a charge for a field. Now, not many golfers can do that, and so you've got to fight the ones that can. If you can keep an eye on them and running and and uh, and you you know you know that they can do it and they start warming up, uh, 
there's someone to some some of these guys are guys to jump on because if they get hot, that you can get fantastic value, can't you? Yeah, you certainly can. Um, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's about catching them at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's tough to do. It's very very hard to do, uh, and that you know it's not for the faint-hearted because you can they can just as easily um, you know um, um, you know go off the rails as, as as quick as they get on as well. So you know it's it's uh, it's just something to keep an eye out and consider. But anyway, um, I think that's enough for today. I think that um, that's a you know it's I'm really really looking forward to this tournament. It's really great to get back into the uh, PGA Tour season for 2022. Should be a really great year. We've got the Masters less than a hundred. Less than a hundred days away, Matt. So you know that's something to really look forward to. And um, thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for our sponsors, the Star Sports. And uh, let's uh, enjoy the sunny vistas of Hawaii and the Century Tournament of Champions. And hopefully, we can get the year off. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get back into it. See if we can kick other podcast off for a winner, eh? Yep. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Take care. Cheers, Bye-bye. mate. Bye bye.